Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Smart Muslimer Podcast. My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host. Have you subscribed? It only takes a minute and if you do, you'll never miss an episode again. Love the podcast? Well, please leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on and why not share it on WhatsApp or Instagram my handle is farhatamin underscore UK. So please go ahead and follow me and share it with your friends, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam Wa ala sayyidil mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahabi ajma'in Rabbi shrahli sadri Wa wajsirli amri Wahlul uqtatan min lisani Yafqahu qawli My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host and inshallah I hope that you are doing really well It's um, really hot in the UK at the moment and um, I've got all the windows open so if you get any noise from outside, I apologise, but I just can't record this without having all the windows open. Um, so what's been happening? Um, we've got a um, Zoom meeting tomorrow. It's going to be a discussion on about the book, uh, The Divine Secrets of Love by A. Halwa. And um, that's part of the Thinking Muslim Book Club. That was a book we were reading in June. If you haven't joined... I'd just love to invite you to join again. We're on Goodreads and you can also join by going to thinkingmuslim.com and join our Telegram channel. I'll put the Zoom link up on the Telegram channel and on Goodreads. So the book is, um, I found, I'm, I've nearly finished it. And it's a really, it goes through belief in Allah, the Quran, understanding ourselves, understanding spirituality. And what I really like about this book is it's not just... Um, it's not wishy-washy. Sometimes you, I I used to think 
spiritual books were wishy-washy <laughs> what I mean by that is it's just all about in your heart and in your mind and in your feelings and it's not about action but this book connects the two really nicely there's a nice long section on the names of Allah and how to reflect on that in your life and bring that into your life um, and inshallah what's really good is I'll be recording a podcast with the author next week I was supposed to do it yesterday but because of the heat I I couldn't manage it um, so inshallah that's something to look forward to now to today's podcast I wasn't planning on doing this topic at all but as I was doing research for the book An Islamic Alternative to Feminism there's some stuff I found out and I just thought is you know you find you read something or hear something and you just feel you have to share it with other people and um what it was is um you know I I, the last two podcasts have been relating to hijab and just the whole you know the confusion that comes around and even just trying to understand why is it that society is obsessed with talking about it all the time and um in in there we spoke about uh the um, you know Lord Cromer who was in charge of Egypt when Britain occupied it and how he used to um, how he made it his mission to get women to unveil and one of the ways he did that was that he like introduced feminist ideas to the elites some of the elites intellectuals who'd studied in Europe and he cut he um, got them to get together Iyad Hilal spoke about this they were having discussions where they would talk about um, how, you know, the importance of autonomy and just how women should be free and have this choice to take it off. And is it really obligatory? So these were conversations that he started, he encouraged. And this was all part of the British colonial foreign policy that to undermine um, the way Muslims viewed their religion, undermine the way women in particular viewed their role in the family and encourage them to emancipate themselves i leave that role and go out and work and you know and so that that's something that we spoke about in a previous episode but what i had been thinking was that how does that still happen in that do um you know the governments so britain in particular i'm going to focus on because that's where i live are they trying to affect the way we as muslim women view our identity um are they you know and if they do how do they do that so this isn't um I'm not interested in conspiracy theories I um that's just silly I wanted it to be based on fact and um there should be it should be an evidence-based um understanding and um as I was looking online it's interesting that I came across very recently um there was this is in 2019 there's a really interesting article all with links and references and um it's in the middle east middle eastern eye that's the name of the website i'll um what i'll do i'll put the link in here as well i just want to make sure uh yeah um www.middleeastei.net that's the website that i got this from so there is a website called this is woke and it takes its name from you know the whole idea of being woke and it's a social media network for young people launched around the term woke. And basically, it was being funded by the British government. Um, in this article, it um, explains how they were using it to um, affect the way 
Muslim, young Muslim and young Muslim women in particular are thinking. And so, um, and it gets a lot, it was got, gets a lot of funding, but the way, if you look at it, and I would say, please go to their Instagram page. And if you look at the, it, it looks, nowhere did it say that it's getting funding from the British government. Um, it has video, you know, did videos like it's time to hold extremism to account for terrorism, not Islam. There was another one in particular, it's called um, about hijab, that what do your, um, you know, what do your views, what do you think about hijab? And it has Muslim women who, students actually, they were from SOAS, who they um, asked what do they think. And it's interesting, that, again, those women, when the journalists, when they asked, if they contacted some of the women in the video and asked, said to them, did you know this video was produced and is being with money from the British government. Um, and they said, no, if we'd known that, you know, would we have taken part of it in it? You know, it, it wasn't transparent. But what again, what's interesting, and this is the point I'm making about um, how our views are shaped. Now, we, um, we're constantly give so on social media um, or, and so that's YouTube or documentaries um, that are made about Muslim women we when we see them and I'm gonna include the audio for this video in in the podcast misconceptions oh you're oppressed you do it because your parents have told you to it means you have no rights you can't think for yourself your husband will never see your hair mm. you have no hair then just assume what hijabis are ask them Hijab isn't just a piece of clothing, it's actually a concept. It's the concept of being modest. To me, it's a sign of empowerment. It's me, it's who I am, and I'd stick to it. Hijab is liberating. I started wearing it very late. Some people find it easier than others. It was fully my choice, and I read into it before I actually decided to wear it. I think you should live a modest lifestyle, whether you're a male or a female. I don't really wear hijab full time because I'm not religiously ready for it. Oh, all Muslim women are oppressed, this, that, the other. It just makes you feel like, hello, I'm not, I can speak for myself. Being a feminist and being Muslim, you can be both. To stand out and say who you are and your faith, I think that's mm. incredible. It makes me feel like a queen. It makes me feel special. When we hear them, um, we just think it's these are just women, genuine, authentic voices, as it said, independent Muslim women who are giving um, their opinions. But this article illustrates it's not, it's actually manufactured. And when I say manufactured, of course, it's the girl speaking, but they edit the videos. They choose which women they're going to include and which women they're not going to include. Yeah, that, that's very important. They're editing the um, footage that they receive to convey a particular type of image um, and message. And what you'll see time and time again is that the message is that, um, let's just look at Muslim women in particular, you can be any type of Muslim you want to. Yeah, that that's that you can, um, you know, it's a progressive, open-minded, independent Muslim woman that is given a voice on these platforms. And, uh, you know, whereas, you know, the opposite is your traditional, closed-minded, submissive. They, they won't let, if they do, you'll see the negative propaganda. And it is 
And what I would say is it is actually propaganda because what else would you call when a government funds um, companies covertly so they don't make it transparent that they're giving these organizations money to make videos and then the way that they present it is as if it's independent grassroots um, information. Um, and when you look at the, it's interesting, the same people and the same types of Muslims are shown in in the social media. So, for example, in in their Instagram page, when you look at um, it's people like it will be um, Muslim supermodels. It will be Malala Yousafzai. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Images of Barack Obama, who, as we know, killed thousands of Muslims through drone attacks in Afghanistan and Pakistan. So it's interesting that these are the images. There's a, an image which shows Muslim, Muslim are modest, fierce, strong unapologetically Muslim so can you see that all the images you know we've got now have certain ideas about what it is to be a Muslim woman what our Muslim identity is it's um social media outlets like this because this looks like so many other female Muslim um social media outlets other but this one is funded by the British government and so I, I guess what I'm saying is that th- we have to think about this content when we look at it. Do we, are we taken in by it, or are we judging it um, by is it Islamic or not? Is are the roots of it Islamic? Um, so that's um, that was one example. Another example is that um, there's a famous image. It was the head. Uh, it was um, on the sun. Um, and it's an image of a Muslim woman with a Union Jack wearing that as her hijab. You've probably seen the one, the American, the one where the Amer- um, it's got the American flag uh, as a hijab. But now this was on the front cover of the Sun, and this was in um, this was roughly in tw- 2014 when there was um, Alan Helling. He was a British aid worker. He was murdered by um, Islamic State, and um, now. What's interesting, when you saw that on the head, it's the headline was, as police swoop on first suspected Islamic State terror cell in UK, the sun urges Brits of all faiths to stand up to extremists. And then they've got this picture plastered of a woman wearing a Union Jack as a hijab. Now, again, when you look at that, um, 
it makes it's interesting when when I'm looking I'm it's obvious that was not a selfie that wasn't something that was done uh, very naturally and organically um that someone decided I'm going to put this on I'm take a photo of myself it and um but it's again it's propaganda because it's saying what it's saying to us is this is a good Muslim woman. This is, you know, you should be proud British Muslim woman. And then the knock on, and someone could say, well, what's wrong with that? I'm British, I live in Britain. That's fine. I haven't got, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with that. But we have to look at the connotations of that as well, that it means you are good if you do this, yeah? And by extension, you should agree with the British government and its policies. That That's the, like, the... Uh, context of it now interestingly that image was not a um, authentic you know grassroots image it was actually um, there's an organization called research information and communications unit and again it's a it's the same propaganda unit that's part of the home office and it actually created that image and um and it was designed by Breakthrough Media, which is now called Zinc. Um, again, you can see it's all in the article. Uh, it's a London-based communications company. And they created that image, they manufactured it, and they gave it to the Sun newspaper, who then used it. And But why? Yeah? And it's been developed according to an internal breakthrough document seen by MEE, that me, that's Middle Eastern Eye, because the UK authorities wanted to challenge ultra-conservative and misogynistic interpretations of Islam, particularly those around women, in order to promote the true face of Islam among vulnerable UK communities. So straight away they're saying our religion is ultra-conservative and misogynistic, that's true. There are some ultra-conservative elements in our community, so no one's ignoring, denying that. But the misogynistic, you've labelled, they're labelling our religion misogynistic and then saying, here is the solution. We need to create images like this to um, promote the true face of Islam. So is this, they're telling us, this is the true face of Islam. And are we buying it? That's what I want us. We shouldn't but take this. We should straight away when you see that image, there's something wrong with it, something off. And that we have to go with that gut instinct. It's the same way when we see um, a supermodel hijabi in a burkini, in a really tight fitting burkini, there's something wrong with that image. Yeah? Even if the, per- the person could be the nicest person in the world, and I'm sure she is, and they are, but there is, we know there's something wrong with that. And um, so now, um, so that was another example. There's another example of a um, women's campaign in Britain. It was called Making a Stand. And then this was supposed to be a new British Muslim women's campaigning organisation and network active within British Muslim communities with an increasingly high profile in the national media. So this was a while back in 2014. That So again, the British government funds these um hashtags these organizations but they promote um an image of muslim women that they want yeah um there's also an example of um um there was these scarves hijab scarves with the, printed with the poppies you know the poppy that's given for remembrance day 
And again, this was given a lot of publicity that, um, what's interesting, they were very expensive, but there were images of women wearing them in different styles, but then they're saying that, yeah, this is the way Muslim women can show um, their solidarity with the veterans of World War One and World War Two. And again, they were very, they were in national newspapers. So I guess what I'm saying to you is, these are past examples. There will, in the future, there are going to be more examples. And we have to think here, rather than adopting these ideas or adopting the image that we're told to have, we have to adopt the identity and the image that Allah tells us to have and understand that possibly these could be funded by the British government or any other government, to be honest. Um, and then now the final one I want to um, just go through is it's called Super Sisters Mag. And again, go have a look at their site on, on Instagram. And again, um, now this is this is how they describe themselves. That we are a um, a global media platform for young Muslims in the east of London and beyond to share and create inspiring and empowering content with positivity at its core. And again, if you we find out they were funded by the British government, and um, and it's the way that. This came out was an ex-employee, Saba Ismail, stepped down and released a statement, um, expressed her surprise that there were no Muslim women in the creative team at the time she joined. Despite and the organisation JGO running a project for Muslim women, how how far removed from the principles of Islam most of the team were, some even disagreeing outright with our beliefs. So she she was part of the Super Sisters mag. She said, she, apart from her, there were no other Muslim women on the team. So who was creating the images and these videos and pretending it was created by Muslim women for Muslim women? Um, and um, there's a so there's another part where she said there were... Um, actually, it was non-Muslim men that were creating it. That's what... Um, that was also said and um like i said if you have a look on their page you'll see it's got all those images that we're really used to seeing that you know so there's malala yusuf sai there was one that says you know muslims are muslims for lgbt there was again um hijabi supermodel and so and this is all, like I said, this is all based on facts. You can have a look at um, the links on the websites. On um, it was Muslim East Mid um, Muslim Middle, Mid, sorry Middle East dot net. That's where you need to go and have a look. So it really does bring me back to the point that when we now, I've been reading a lot of books by non-Muslim and Muslim women. Um, and uh, there's, it's really opening my eyes up to um, how we have to be very intelligent and critical about the content that we are consuming when it comes to um, our identity. Um, because um, we're being um, told this is that you should be a particular type of Muslim, and that is, like I've said before, very progressive. 
secular and when I say secular I mean don't let religion interfere in your life you know you should you're free to choose how you want to be and that is we are being drip fed this a lot Uh, we are as women our daughters are there's a whole generation that is growing up looking at these images reading these books watching these videos and um, if we're not going to be critical and intelligent what we're going to do is we're just going to absorb these ideas and we're going to start copying them and it's very interesting there's a saying by Umar bin al-Khattab who said he who does not live in the way of his beliefs starts to believe in the way he lives I'm going to say that again because it's really good he who does not live in the way of his beliefs starts to believe in the way he lives and that's what happened when we start thinking oh other people are living that way and that's becoming the norm um what i'm saying to you is that is not the norm it's um it's a particular image we're being given and we and that's actually not the way a lot of muslim women are that's one thing i one number one and also as I've just outlined, just from these three examples, the British government in particular wants to change the way Muslims view their religion and um, and accept, you know, what the government then accept the government line on whether it's foreign policy or whether it's who they define to be extreme, which doesn't even have a definition. Um, there's another really nice saying. Of the Prophet Hadith, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which says, "None of you truly believes until he desi- his desires are subservient to that which I have brought." Imam Nawawi, forty Hadith, in his book. So, none of you truly believes until his desires are subservient to what I have brought. Now, we may desire to be woke, to be cool, to be hip, um, to be trendy, but if that's trends change yeah what is cool today you know changes you know so that's how desires have to come from our beliefs and the prophet also also said call yourself to account before you are called to account and weigh up your deeds before they are weighed for you um i i I guess that's what i'm doing to myself I'll, i'll be honest it's something it's a journey i'm going on i'm striving to do and I guess I'm advising you to do the same because I care about you. Um, and I care, I really care about the way, um, the direction I see so, um, men, some Muslim women going down. And it's not that I feel superior in any way, but I've, um, and I really see it in the youth. Um, and there is this idea, you know, uh, you may have heard it, Muslim women are not a monolith. And a monolith means like one, it's like a, um, imagine like a big stone, one piece, one uniform piece. And um, what people say, the reason why people say that, I've heard that a lot, is that to say we're all diverse, we are different, we're unique, we're individual. And that's true, we are. But when it comes to our deen, there are some things that we are, um, are uniform. Yeah, they're, they're, they are set in stone. And we don't change them, you know, and that comes from our belief. And then there's areas which 
Allah's given us um, it's mubah, it's permissible you know, the colours you wear your scarf, the t- you know all types of halal food you can have there's so much variety you know, um, there's so much things, so many things that we are allowed to choose we're given choice in Islam but there's some things we're not but this whole statement Muslim women are not a monolith it's being used to justify and celebrate the contradiction between our faith and actions um, and you know I'm just going to read out this one very recent book that I came across it's called um, Muslim Women Are Everything Stereotype Shattering Stories of Courage, Inspiration and Adventure it's a book with pictures and, and like a, love a picture of a, it's like a bio of different women have a picture and then a description and so the author writes some of us are devout stuffing prayer mats into totes and praying five times a day Others identify as culturally Muslim, eschewing rigid timetables, that means like kind of setting aside rigid timetables, for an appreciation of Islamic mysticism, architecture and history. Some women are radical feminists, others uphold the patriarchy. Some weeks or even afternoons, we cycle between conflicting identities and beliefs. Women are not, Muslim women are not a monolith. Muslim women are everything. So that's just an example of what I meant. Um, but um, I think, you know, in a in a book about Muslim women or a website or a social media platform for Muslim women, um, <coughs> if there's no direction being taken and its roots are not from Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I think that that is very paradoxical. It's a bit of an oxymoron. You know, after reading the and seeing these platforms, you're left to wonder to what extent Islam is being reduced to a disposable culture. And um, and so, what I would say is that if you, when I think we have to stop following and giving um, um, websites and books and in you know, or at least advi- you know, at least make an effort to advise content creators who are doing this kind of stuff. That what are you? What image are you giving us? What you know? Um, so, I, inshallah, I'm going to end with um, Surah an ayah from Surah Baqarah. That Surah Baqarah is Surah two, ayah one eight five. So, do you believe in part of the scripture and disbelieve in part? Then, what is the recompense for those who do that among you, except disgrace in worldly life and on the day of resurrection? They will be sent back to the severest of punishment, and Allah is not unaware of what you do. So I think we need to internalize that. Um, and like I've said before, I'm not passing uh, judgment on anyone, anyone, especially a lot of Muslim women who is involved in any of these platforms unknowingly. But um, we, you know. Uh, the, the fact that these sites exist and then um, we, like I said previously, we need to be much more critical and much more intelligent and discerning about um, what we're reading, what we're watching and we should really should reject any content that is, we can see contradicts Islam, that that's the best way forward and then that will end the confusion in our minds inshallah um 
If you'd like to give any feedback, please do so UK at gmail.com and uh, maybe I'll, you'll be on the Zoom call for the book club meeting, inshallah. It'll be great to, to hear from you. Take care. Asalaamu Alaikum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.